For someone like me, uh, I am constantly looking to evolve, so I am constantly picking up on as much as I possibly can at all times, and that includes every practice, every interaction with them, every interaction with the parents. Like Just knowing them is out of this world amazing. They, they teach me so much at all times. Part B.N. Three, two, one, here we go. From the Play Normal Esports Studio, this is Pod BN, talking to people doing big things in Bloomington Normal. Today I'm talking to Angelique Rochsky, the founder and executive director of Breaking Chains and Advancing Increase. But first, a few words about Little Beaver Brewery. Something that's so nice about Little Beaver Brewery is that they have 10 beers on tap at all times. And these beers rotate through, so whatever the creator, Chad Beaver, working his magic, thinks is his best 10 that he's got going on at any time. So you never know when you're going to come in there and you're going to see a new creation that is something like you've never seen before. He told me he was thinking about making a birthday cake flavored beer. You go in there, you check out the menu, you can try something out, and you better get in there often too because that menu is changing. There's something that you might like that's a limited edition that's going away soon. You want to get it while it's there, and there always might be something else new for you to try. So check out Little Beaver Brewery over by the Big Gold's Gym. All right. Well, Angelique, thanks a lot for coming in to talk to me today. No problem. Thank you so much. So first, before we start getting into your work, because I definitely want to hear more about the organization that you founded, but tell us a little bit about yourself first. How long have you been in Bloomington Normal? Where'd you grow up? So I have been in Bloomington Normal my entire life, minus two years that I was in boarding school when I was about 16 and 17 years old, and that was in South Carolina. Uh, but other than that, I've been here my entire life. I'm right around the dance. Well, no, I spent the beginning of my life around normal and then moved to Bloomington. And okay. what was the other question? No, I just was wondering. Um, <laughs> so that answer, so you've been here your whole, your yes. whole life. Um, yes, whole life. So what's some of the things you remember um, fondly from your from growing up here in Bloomington normal? Why do you stay here instead of going somewhere else? <laughs> <laughs> Um, it isn't. It isn't necessarily the fondness that keeps me here. It's, okay. Uh, this is just where BCAI started. This is where it, it's not necessarily its root is. It's more like a. It's just where its beginning point is, and it's not ready to move yet. Um, okay. But it def- definitely needed to be here. There are are definitely beings here that that needed it and will continue to need it, and generations that are going to be changed because of. The, gen- the first generation of BCAI, the last seven years. Hmm. So, so that's interesting because I, I ask you about yourself and you, you think about your organization. <laughs> this is very this is very important to you. This isn't just a, a job then, huh? It's I mean, this very is, difficult this is who you are. The two. I'm yeah. working on it. No, it's, it's, not, it's but, not a problem. Yes. So, so um, tell us about then, uh, you know, what experiences that you had that made you think that something like this was needed here? So growing up, remember, I, <laughs> I mean, I have good memories. I had a good childhood. I was, I was my mother, my, my, I had a single mother for, for seven years, and, and she did an, a phenomenal job of, of raising me, uh, protecting me, um, letting me be my individual self, but still setting as many boundaries as she could with an obstinate child. <laughs> and uh, 
but we we didn't have much. We were lower middle class at the time, and as a single parent, uh, you have to do as much as you can with lots of sacrificing, and uh, she did everything that she could. And so, but we did have to make choices, and that meant, um, that possibly meant me choosing between certain activities, and uh, just growing up and being me now, I just, I if I have the power to eliminate that mandatory choice between food and let my child pursue their passion and dreams before they lose that passion and only and basically lose the the thrill for life period I'm definitely going to make sure that that, that my platform can be used so um, I mean, as a child and, and having that, and then another element of it that is very critical to BCAI is uh, I have, I do have ADHD. Um, it is very much not a disorder um, at all. However, there is nobody teaching that. I'm not going to say nobody, but it's rare that they teach that. And the schools look at it as a hindrance and a, and a, um, a burden. And so a lot of us get swept under the rug and... Um, Unfortunately, I grew up in a time where it was, you got medicated, period. Mm -hmm. Um, There wasn't a lot of activism around it. There wasn't a lot of of information about it. And we did the best we could. Um, Like I said, my mother always did the best she could um, with what she thought was right at the time. And I will never, ever fault her for that. Um, She's a phenomenal mother. Uh, But I did get medicated. And being medicated and not fitting in at school at all, um, my sister and I were pretty much all we had. Um, We never got invited to birthday parties, and uh, we were bullied constantly. I hated grade school. I absolutely hated grade school. Um, So, but being medicated and not fitting in, I grew up hating myself 100%. Uh, Absolutely hated everything about me. Uh, I didn't have a lot of of people telling me there's nothing wrong with you, if anybody at all. And unfortunately, at that age, I pushed my mom away 100%, so it didn't matter how much she believed in me. Uh, I didn't have anybody on the outside telling me, no, there's absolutely nothing wrong with you. Let's let's study some accountability and, and this and that. And um, what are your passions? And I loved singing, and I definitely never sang in front of people and um, just little things. So uh, I... So what abs- was the... Um, so, I mean, first, thank you for being so you know open and transparent about that. I'm yeah. sorry if I... I can tell why you kind of laughed and looked down when I asked the, the question. <laughs> um, and I, you know, so there's there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, tell me about the, do you still remember the experience of, um, was it like Ritalin or oh, whatever? Yeah. What's the experience of that, of, of taking that and feeling like you're, like, do you realize that like your personality is changing or what's that like from, from a person going going through that experience? Are you like, when I take this, I'm a different person? From what I remember, because it was so long ago, from what I remember, I mean, I definitely remember all the stomach aches. It was, you just weren't never hungry. It took away all appetite. I remember that. Um, And they would always give it right before lunch, which made no sense at all. Uh, And wasn't the only child in my class that took it. Uh, We all had the same personalities. Hmm. Um, But I remember, I can remember feeling... That when I wasn't on it, I've had the feeling of, like, open imagination. Like, complete open imagination. And uh, that I could talk to anybody and I could 
I can imagine all these amazing like combinations of, of grand things. And then um, on it, it's the same imagination, but it's like being inside on a rainy day. Like you're just looking through a window. Yeah. It's very weird. It's very weird. Yeah. But to... Because that imagination doesn't help if you're just supposed to, like, learn spelling words or... Yeah. Or, Which I was phenomenal at. I was an amazing reader, and I was I was really yeah. good at schoolwork. I just... Yeah. I, so that, was, that wasn't what it was... It wasn't, like, to help improve schoolwork. It was, like, I behavior. I was hyperactive. I was yeah. in this, the principal's office all the time. Yeah. yeah. Starting early in kindergarten, first grade, and it's always in the principal's office. Wow. So, um... So you go through that, you go through bullying for being different. Um, then uh, is, when did you start, so you said you enjoyed singing, but you never did it publicly at all? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you, you, I see you on Facebook, you do, um, you know, dancing is really your passion now. Mm-hmm. When did you start doing that? Or were you always just dancing, but not where anyone could see? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I was always dancing where no one could see. Um, but I didn't really get the rhythm until I started to kind of wake up probably in my late late mid-20s, so probably around 26 or so is when the, the dancing ability and my ability to connect fully to music and then my muscles and my body started fully reacting as well. And all of a sudden, now I can pick up choreography like it's nothing. I can pick up, I can actually freestyle, and it looks great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that happened right around that, that, that time. I can't remember the specific year. If I traced it back, I could. Actually, I can. Um, it was 2008. So uh, about 2008, fallish. Um, Byron Reynolds was doing a... Um, hip hop class at Gold's Gym, and I got kind uh, of closer with him as a as a as an artist and um, kind of like a dance mentor at the beginning ish. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started getting into the pop and lock and um, the fundamentals and kind of being more free spirited with it. And then he helped me with my first choreography to get on a dance team. And then from there, I started teaching a hip hop class and. Yeah, so it just kind of went from there. Yeah. But until that point, just... So when you've got... So when you're thinking about, like, somebody who... Um, you know, if you think of ADHD as someone who's got a hyperactive imagination, right, essentially. Mm-hmm. So if you... As a very um, imaginatory... As a person with a strong imagination, then, how do you use that to your benefit when you're dancing... Like how does that, how does that help you? So, maybe very maybe very very clear. Um, I will repeat this: ADHD, ADD are one hundred percent not disorders. Mm-hmm. There is nothing wrong with anyone that is as amazing as somebody who has this. So, ADHD, ADD allows us to tap into multiple parts of the brain and then I'm going to get a little metaphysical but That's multiple fine. dimensions at any given point. So we get we get to download information from places that other people are closed off to. Um, how would there that is in no way a disorder. That is just the world is not set this world as it is is not set up for beings like that. Uh, so we have this these these beings who either are fostered or get labeled and then they end up with insecurities and sometimes they get over them sometimes they don't um 
why? <laughs> how do you use that when in dance? How, how do dance, I use that in how, dance? How you tap into so, that with dance? With, like I said, being able to tap into you parts of the brain that you need to, that includes the parts that know how to shut things out and how to tap into memories or emotions um, and connections to that and uh, on, on a hyper level. And so when I do get time to be one-on-one in the studio and play, or even when we do lyrical ciphers with the performance team, uh, we get to completely connect to the artist in the song and every single instrument or uh, addition that went into the song. You get to connect to all of it. And then if you if you find a song that even reminds you of somebody especially oh my god especially someone that either you are fully in love with or someone that brutally betrayed you or hurt you that you really never saw coming mm-hmm. it just it explodes the artistry and so i'm also a spoken word poet and so that also happens really really intensely at points like that um Live music also will will awaken the, those those triggers, uh, those not triggers, but those points that allow you to be hyper creative. Um, yeah. But yeah, it definitely aids in in dance. Yeah, so I um I'm a big fan of stand up comedy. I kind of watch it both for enjoyment, but also kind of critically. Mm. And something that always stood out about Robin Williams comedy was his ADHD about how he would yes. make these connections between yes. things and he would do like an impersonation of a person doing an impersonation of somebody yes. else and that yes. that always struck me about that what he you know like you said what, what people consider a disability but he one of the greatest comedians of all mm-hmm. time because he could have access to those connections that yeah that other people can't see right we're also incredible problem solvers. Yeah. Amazing. Not, it's not just about, um, you know, literally like outside the box thinking, right? Mm-hmm. All the time. So, yeah. Um, I was just talking to someone else um, about, who, who's a local artist, about the messages that you get about the role that creativity plays in your life as a kid. And me, I, I was... Um, I have the disposition and the skills that and the, that um, teachers want to have in school. So I'll put it that way. <laughs> school is set up for people like me. You know, like I, I can get good grades and I can sit and pay attention and those types of, of things. And, um, you know, I, I did some art classes and some music classes, but it was the message I got was, well, that's not your, your strength and you're not a creative person. You should go and do math like math is if you can do math you should do math because that's like the, that's stem that's the important stuff right go and do that and i wish that there had been more of a message that you should go and find find how you can be creative in the world like find where your creativity is and then grow it from there that's what i'm trying to do with my kids is not to say creativity means painting in this way or means mm-hmm. singing these notes in this yep. way it means taking Taking where you're already at, and then recognizing the creativity in that, and, and growing. Uh, I assume that's something that's very close to your heart mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. BCAI. So a BCAI definition is 
anything that requires the imagination to get to the next level. So that can that can be entrepreneurialism, that can be coding, that can be website design, that could be 3D printing, uh, science, it, literally anything, anything uh, that requires you to use your imagination to find that next level. That also includes sports and babysitting even and literally anything, healthcare, fitness. Uh, so ultimately, the ultimate goal for BCAI is to be able to tap into as many different art forms as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to revolutionize the the definition of art um, because it is it's always arts versus science. Why? So um, because there's so many hybrid artists out here that have multiple skills. So we have mathematicians that also are architects. Architecture is 100% art. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's actually what I was supposed to go to school for when I actually started BCAI. Uh, but. Yeah, I, I'm BCAI is for the hybrid artists, the, and I it's I will always go back to this. So we had she was nine at the time, she's ten now. So on our performance team, we have levels, and uh, we have four levels, and they test very similar to martial arts. Uh, they have a two-hour test, and it's um, part of the testing is question and answer, and one of the questions that we ask is what sets you apart. And this nine-year-old at the time looks at us and says. <laughs> I see the world scientifically and express it artistically. Hmm. I'm like, who are you as a nine-year-old? And this is what we're dealing with. This is exactly what we're dealing with. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our beings like her. And I, of course, feel 100% responsible for protecting her and others that are just like her or others that haven't even figured out that they're just like that, that they have these abilities to see numbers where there aren't any numbers, where people are, like, completely lost. They are able to see the solution Mm -hmm. uh, completely creatively in a different way that nobody else thought. So BCI is 100% for those beings, the ones that don't fit in anywhere, the ones that are... That I get, the word I guess the word that I like to use is the ones who are labeled as misfits, the ones that don't fit in. Uh, BCII is one hundred percent for, for them. Yeah. So, uh, so taking a quick step back to working your way up to creating this organization. So, uh, you get out of high school. I assume you do jobs here or there, kind of drift around, and then <laughs> is that right? Trying yes. to find your place. Uh, yeah. Um, and then. Uh, and then you start picking up dance in the late 2000s. Um, then what? Uh, how'd you go from that to, I want to bring this to other people? Jeez. Oh, my God. So. Or if there's other steps in the middle, whatever steps made sense there. Uh, okay. Nutshell. Without any emotions. So. <laughs> emotions are fine. The nutshell. And we've got probably another. 40 to 50 minutes we can record you don't have to nutshell it either (laughs) um god getting out of high school okay getting out of high school I immediately got into a relationship with a man that was six years older than me and had two children uh that I immediately took in because I thought I that's exactly thought that's what I wanted was um because that's what I was taught and that's what you're programmed to think that you're supposed to have. Yep. You grow up, you go to high school, then you go to college or you have a family and you have a picket fence and you have 2.5 dogs and you have maybe that's children, I don't know. But dogs, <laughs> dogs, a lizard, snake, whatever, um and you have a home and you go to work and you come home and you go to work and you come home and that's all you do. That's your life. Maybe you have a soccer game or you play volleyball and whatever. That's your life. That's what you're supposed to do. That's all you're supposed to be doing. 
And um, so coming out of fresh out of high school, I thought I knew exactly what I was supposed to be doing. And I was like, oh, I already found everything now. Okay, cool. I'll just settle down. Uh, so I was in this two-year-long relationship um, and had the my very first experience of uh, helping to raise two boys that were at the time three and six and are out of high school now, which is very awkward. <laughs> um but they were phenomenal, and I had no idea what I was doing at all. And I had no idea how to interact with their mother. And, yeah, it was just not—I look back, and I'm not not a fan <laughs> of just just the way, the way that I—the ignorance level that I had at the time. Yeah. Because um, I was—I'm very, very loving, and I'm very, very loving, and I'm very good with children. However— um, with that ignorance level came, I didn't really know how to, to raise them, but I do, I knew how to support them. And, um, but as far as like discipline and, and stuff like that, I wasn't, um, I just knew how I was disciplined. But and you see that you have a passion for, yeah. for connecting with kids. Right. And raising so them up, right? there was that relationship. Um, got out of that relationship, got my own car for the first time, my own place, everything like that. I was finally independent. Um, was working at Damon's at the time, which was my, probably my favorite job. Cause I got to watch North Carolina basketball while I was working. It was phenomenal. Um, but yeah, so, uh, then just relationship after relationship after relationship after relationship. And one of those happened to be a very traumatizing relationship, um, full of, uh, misunderstandings of what love is and what it means to, Mm-hmm. To be down for your man, I guess, uh-huh. and to be um, a good woman uh, to your man. I thought I was supposed to be just always, always giving, um, and I didn't need to receive anything. And um, with that, um, opened up a lot of opportunities for um, abuse yeah. and uh, emotional abuse and um, verbal, mental, uh, all the things. So uh, I lost everything in that relationship and barely held on to my parents by a thread. Lost a lot of relationships, a lot of friends. Uh, uh, burned a lot of bridges. You from them. And yeah. well, he didn't actually try to separate me. He, uh, it was me trying to sustain him, and Not I burned my own bridges uh, okay. um, because everything was about him. And I ended up having to borrow money that I couldn't pay back. Or yeah, it just wasn't a really good situation. Um, but. Because we had been friends forever, so I thought that this was like... There's so many messages that that's what intimacy is for a woman, though, right? I mean, to just constantly... And there's... um, That relationship could be an hour-long conversation. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, a lot of things that showed you maybe glimmers of the the right path of Mm -hmm. you're a person, you're a loving person, you're somebody who has a passion for bringing up children right and helping them not fall into traps that you fell into. And, um, right. So that makes a lot of sense. Yes. And then, <laughs> <laughs> let's see, after after uh, that relationship is when dance started. Uh, so then I started teaching and uh, had my first really, really good relationship in 2010. That was the like, really good relationship. Uh, where we mutually fed each other. It was mental. It was everything. It was amazing. Um, but that lasted for a year. That ended. Um, we're still friends. I'm actually still friends with all of my exes except for one. Um, that's just how that's just the type of person I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, there's boundaries involved, but uh, regardless of that, uh, then um, I started involved in more community things. And uh, 2011... 
I um, was supposed to, I graduated from Heartland and was supposed to go to Savannah College of Art and Design for architecture uh, under historic preservation branch. And I was so excited to go, went to the college visit and everything. And then I came home and within a few months, and that was in August of 2011, and I came home and in the fall, there was just no... I guess desire or push to actually find a job or a place to live and I was supposed to be moving in April so and then out of nowhere this this thing this vision just burst in my imagination of why don't you just start a dance school Um, because I had stopped teaching after that um, because of an incident that happened at the school that I was teaching uh, um, with the administration and um, so then I started BCAI instead be, just because it yeah. felt right. And every single possible element of starting a business just happened. It fell into place, and it was phenomenal after that. And, I mean, we had our downs and our ups and uh, a couple rescues financially, and now we're in this phenomenal place. Uh, so so when was that when it started? When was what? When did it start? Uh, April 2012. Okay, 2012. So, yeah, so you've been around a while. Um, what's the motivation of the name? Where'd that come from? My imagination. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it had, it just came from my, I guess my higher being the exactly what it was supposed to be for. Uh, I got the acronym. thing. I'm pretty sure I got the acronym first and then the, which obviously there's a random acronym that pops in your imagination. You kind of mm-hmm. have to pay, pay attention to it. Yeah. So then I, the, the information just came. I, yeah. Literally, that's just what happens when visions explode into your brain. You have to, you actually pay attention to them. Answers just randomly come. So yeah. it's pretty phenomenal. So yeah, so uh, you know, so breaking, breaking the chains. Uh, you know, like uh, what I what I hear from it is, you know, you've got things that are holding you down, so you got to break out of exactly. those, and yep. then just keep progressing on yeah. from there, right? Yep. So I mean, at BCAI, basically what we do is. Uh, we provide a completely protected space where, so it's a completely safe space open to everyone regardless of income or background. And we provide this protected space where they can access their imaginations as much as possible. And this isn't just students. This is interns that, that come, volunteers from the community, parents even, and where they can access their imaginations as much as possible because that is your portal to your superpowers, mm-hmm. uh, such as ADHD and ADD. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I will always throw that in there. Um, it is also your portal to your purpose and your identity. And so with that comes access to a lot of things about you, including and what will what inevitably comes up are the things that are holding you back. So insecurities are going to come up. And what BCAI is there for is to provide um, the supportive atmosphere of um, the balance between accountability and empathy. And so we make sure that you understand that there's nothing wrong with you first and foremost. Absolutely. I make sure every single student knows that there's absolutely nothing wrong with you. I don't care what your teachers say, what your parents even might say, there's nothing wrong with you. And, uh, what this is, is a simply a possible opportunity for, for us to make you stronger. And so we, pay a very close attention to insecurities that come up and then we push through them um, using accountability and full support mm-hmm. so that that's the breaking chains part it is most definitely the things that are holding you back and yeah. the advancing increase is as soon as you cleanse these things from you 
everything becomes way more open to you. Yeah. It's incredible how it just automatically happens. Yeah. It's, um, it's strange to me as a, as someone who I guess lives on the bright, shiny side of Bloomington normal, (laughs) right? Like I'm a state farm person, um, got a nice salary and benefits, stable home life. Um, you know, and I, everyone always thinks that there's such a temptation to just look at things that you'd wish were different with your life. You know, I get frustrated with things and, um, you know, my kids get real, you know, dramatic and frustrated about stuff. It's, it's a really good reality check to think about the, the, well, we were talking before we turned the mics on just about like summer camps, right? Mm -hmm. Like, um, the cost of a summer camp, I look at it and I go like, mm, okay, that you know seems like a pretty good deal compared to what I'd pay for childcare. Or, you know, it seems like a fun activity. We can swing a little bit for that. But for kids who don't have the home environment that we're given our children or the finances to do that kind of thing or two parents in the home and stuff like that, it it's so easy just to not recognize that as a need in Bloomington normal um, from the vantage point of a lot of people. So, I mean, I think it's great that you're you're drawing attention to that and helping empower the people in that situation. Um, you know, with your experiences, you've got a lot of credibility with that. Um, so what are, uh, I guess I'm curious, what are some of the things that stand out to you, like experiences that you've had with, you know, particular kids that, um, anything that... Anything that just comes to your mind of like that's when I knew I was doing the right thing. That was the impact I was looking for. I'm sure you can't probably tell a lot of details about people, but I think some of those stories would be really compelling to people like me who don't hear what situations people are in in our community. Uh, I mean, well, there's there's a f- all, every single one of them has a story, of course. Uh, one of them is from a couple years ago that. It's just, it just, it just, it just is, it gets me in the feels. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel some. So we had a gentleman, uh, want to say he was 10 at the time, 10-ish, 11-ish, and he uh, has Asperger's, and he is the most, seriously the most incredible being you will ever meet in your entire life. Him and his mother are just absolutely phenomenal, absolutely amazing, and He's a phenomenal dancer, amazing performer, and you would never think that there was any like anything like that that he has episodes um, every so often or anything anything like that. Just knowing him, he's the most brightest personality, uh, makes everyone feel comfortable. He's phenomenal, makes you laugh, makes you feel energized, makes you want to dance even if you never do. Absolutely incredible being, and. His mother posted online one time after our performance at the Cultural Fest that she was in tears watching him because he has he had had struggles making friends. And since being at BCAI, um, watching him on that stage be so confident in his dancing ability and then on top of it being up there with his friends, 
it made her super emotional. And that then made me emotional mm-hmm. because then I have to, I have to force myself to stop working for a second and look at the platform that, that BCAI is, this entity is, is creating and for everybody. And he, they, they put the work in. I don't do, <laughs> let me be very clear. I am not here to fix families or children. I am not God. I am not any God. I'm not one of any God. Um, I provide this platform and this protected space, and I'm very fierce in protecting it. Know that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I'm not here to fix anyone. The, the students put the work in. They 100% put the work in. Uh, I do the training and the protecting and the loving and supporting uh, on and off the clock. There is no off the clock. Um, the students, the parents, everyone has access to me uh, whenever they need. And he, just stories like that are just absolutely yeah. everything to me. Um, watching students that, that are were completely shy all of a sudden snap out during a cipher in practice out of nowhere with these incredible moves that no one else has ever done in the history of BCAI. Mm-hmm. It just, it's, it's everything. It is completely addicting. The energy of BCAI is like nothing else ever. Can you explain what a cipher is for people who aren't familiar with that? <laughs> yes. So uh, a cipher is basically, so in dance, in, it started in breakdance. It's a um, c- kind of like a circle or a semicircle, and one person gets in the middle at a time. And it could be two if you have, like, choreography or something or if you have partner stunts or something like that. But it's usually one person in the middle at a time. You show you who you are, and then you step out, and someone else steps in. Um, they do it in uh, emceeing. So you'll see rap ciphers. Uh, there are We do at the school, at the school, which I've never seen done anywhere, is lyrical ciphers. Okay. Where you do lyrical dance, and they, our students are obsessed with doing those, and our break dancers are really good at it um, because they get to take their elements of of b boying and b growing into like being lyrical. So you get to see the popping. It's just absolutely phenomenal. It's what breathtaking. Does that, what does that mean, lyrical? Um, lyrical dance is that. like yeah. it's it's like it's like modern dancing, mm-hmm. but it's. It's very, very free. It's like, it's basically hip-hop dancing. Uh, Are they speaking to, while they're doing no, it? No, 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 no. Oh, okay, okay. No, sorry. no, no. Um, so lyrical dancing is very, it's very personality-based, very let me show you who I am kind of thing. It's very okay. non-rigid. There are no rules. There's no, um, there's techniques that you can pull from every single genre, just like in hip-hop. Um, and it's it's just whatever the music is to, and I think it's called, I'm pretty sure it's called lyrical because of, it's 100% to the song. So based okay. off of, so where in ballet, you don't necessarily, your dancing is not necessarily going to go to the words in the song. Uh, or any other dance, really, even, like, tap or any any other dance. Like, And that's not saying all of them are like that. I'm just saying yeah. lyrical is very free in the sense that it will 100% latch itself onto the song that you're listening to, and it will latch onto every single beat, rhythm, emotion, lyric, everything. So everything that the artist intended for that song to be, ly- uh, lyrical dance can pull that out. Uh-huh. And it's it's very flowy and, and yeah. just different. Sounds like someone something that'd be good for someone who's got access to a lot of different types of information and imagination, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. That's actually my, my go to is lyrical hip hop. Yeah. That's my go to oh, cool. dance. That's an interesting story to go back to the the child with. 
Asperger's because that is something where I look back to when I was a kid in the 90s and the, uh, kids who we now know are on the autism spectrum, we mm-hmm. just called them weird, right? Right. We didn't right. really know why, but they were just hard to get along right. with. And not having awareness that that is something that is their personality and who they are. And it's not like a, a choice that they're making. They're not choosing, like, I'm not going to pick up on this social cue, right? <laughs> they just, they don't, they don't receive right. that information. Right. And, um, yeah, there was, I mean, there was one kid from my childhood named Kevin. And uh, I grew up in a military community, so people were moving all the time. But um, Kevin and I, our, our parents were teachers, and so we didn't move. So we were in kindergarten. He and this other guy named David, we were the only three who were in kindergarten who went up to high school together. Everyone else cycled in and out every three years. So Kevin was just sort of my friend by default because we knew each other for mm-hmm. a long time. But um, he was very socially awkward. But, uh, like, just getting that experience of getting to know him as, like, a, a you know, a a person and not just being able to just like dismiss him right mm-hmm. and seeing like this is just the way he is he's not doing it on purpose he's not like this thing he said that upset me wasn't like he didn't mean it to upset me he just didn't know that it was up- upset me and things like that um, so much of social activity is based on being able to pick up those right. cues properly right, right? and it sounds to me like that safe space that you you've made enabled other people to form their relationships like like I did with Kevin, right? Where they can see beyond right, exactly. the fact that that this person's a little harder to get to know or um, doesn't always get the jokes and things like that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Any other stories come to mind? Oh, that was inspiring to me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's exactly. And you use the perfect word, dismiss. Uh, the majority, or a lot of my students, a lot of my kids have been dismissed completely. They get dismissed all the time. And it can be for their social level. It could be for their where they live, um, the types of shoes they wear, the their parents, their social awkwardness because they just either don't want to interact with people or uh-huh. they don't not know good, how. Not or good at sports. Literally or, anything. Uh, yeah. my, my students get, get dismissed all the time. And that's why I absolutely love how BCAI is because our students perform in public at least three times a semester. So that's a minimum of nine times a year that my, my students are in public and performing and representing themselves as something more than what people look at them as. Mm-hmm. And they get to go on that stage and they get to show how feisty they are and they get to show how, how sassy they can be and how strong and, and powerful they are. And sometimes how, um, not timid, but, uh, vulnerable that they can be and and how they are and some of the songs that we use are very vulnerable and they 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 ask the uh, audience to to step in at some point like you need to acknowledge that these 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 people exist these beings exist and they're not here to control uh, I am not here to control it they teach me far more than I ever teach them mm-hmm. uh, and I know that a lot of parents uh, argue that just because of, of, of how much I invest into them but no, oh no 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 for someone like me uh, I am constantly looking to evolve so I am constantly 
picking up on as much as I possibly can at all times. And that includes every practice, every interaction with them, every interaction with the parents. Like, just knowing them is out of this world amazing. They, they teach me so much at all times. Play Normal Esports is where we record our show. They have a new Sunday Fun Fam Day. That means $25 for a family of four to play all day. Play as long as you want from 12 p.m. to 9 p.m. for $25. That is a pretty good deal. I have to say that I was a little hesitant to bring my kids in earlier just because there's three of them, and I was multiplying everything out and thinking about how quickly that bill was going to run up. But Sunday afternoons might be the time when I can bring them in because all four of us for 25 bucks is a pretty darn good deal. So come over and check out Play Normal Esports on Sunday or any other day that works for you. So you keep using the term beings. I can tell that's an important term for you. So tell me a little bit about that, why that's a, why you use that word. Um, I actually, I, okay, so... Part of it is I want to st- I try to steer away from using the word kid because it's a baby goat. Sure. And I don't want to. <laughs> sure. I'm trying to get away from that. Uh, so and I, and children it just seems impersonal. So and then on top of it, I don't see them as children. I don't train them as children. I don't talk to them as children. I don't expect things of them as children. Uh, I train them like they are fully grown spiritual beings that are here for a mission and here for a purpose and needed BCAI and its energy to uh, get to a certain point. And I take that very seriously, uh, yeah. 100% seriously. And I call them beings because that's exa- that's what they are. Um, mm-hmm. It's it goes far beyond anything in this physical world. This physical world is what point zero zero one percent of reality, which leaves a significant amount of stuff that is non physical that we are not tapping into, uh, that we aren't aware of. And so, with that being said. When you actually spend time with them and you notice that you changed because you just spent time with them, you can even imagine it with your own children, how mm-hmm. much you've changed just from being around them and, and being in them. There's something that's unspoken that you cannot explain. It's unexplainable in any language. That is why they are beings. That's why I call them beings. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, it's far deeper than, than anything else. I... Uh, yeah, I don't sugarcoat anything I say to them. I will tailor it based off of their comprehension level. But other than that, no. Yeah. We've had uh, child trafficking workshops. We we have um, unfiltered junior high talks with the parents and and the junior high students, and where they get to, there's no there's no no rules. Yeah. Uh, they need to be able to be unfiltered, and they need us to be able to be unfiltered with them. They, that's part of letting them know that there's nothing wrong with them and that they can bring anything to the table because how else are they supposed to, where else, where are they, where else are they going to go? Mm-hmm. Uh, rap artists or like any, like uh, the media, um, the person on the street, their friends. And I didn't want to say, I don't want to say rap artists like that. That's yeah. absolutely not my intention, well, but you know what I mean. Well, yeah, let's, so let's talk about that a little bit because when, um, I know that hip hop culture is a big thing, mm-hmm. and that is very much, very much uh, caricaturized by what's in popular media. Mm-hmm. Um, so, explain a little bit about you know what a uh, you know what a rap star is versus <laughs> what hip hop culture is, and may- maybe like kind of 
Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. What's hip hop culture? Uh, this is this is definitely something we we teach our students as well. Uh, hip hop is not art, or I mean, not art is not rap. Mm-hmm. It's it's not rap. Um, hip hop is is an entire culture, and a culture is a way of life. It is how you are living your life. Uh, there are elements of hip hop. There is an entire history. There is uh, an entire spider web of beautiful combinations of things from indigenous music and the drums from from Latin beats and Puerto Rican communities and and uh, the blues, African American. It's it's a culmination. It's absolutely beautiful. Uh, when it started, it was a means of communication, a way of having a voice, a way of uh, expression of individuality. It 100% respects the individual. Uh, it expects you to know yourself. It expects you to know your community. It expects you to know your world, different cultures. Uh, so um, within the the hip-hop culture, that is, we 100% uh, align with that as far as making sure every student knows that they are an individual and we support every single individual uh, because you have a, a unique combination that this world needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it does involve uh, emceeing and DJing and uh, b-boy and b-girl, breakdancing, graffiti. Uh, but there's that fifth element that was added, which is knowledge, consciousness. Yeah, so what are the what are the elements? Of- Those are the elements. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> the, the original four elements of hip-hop are yeah. the breakdancing, graffiti, oh, okay. Uh, MCing, DJing, and then knowledge is the fifth element of hip hop. Um, they also added fashion as a as an element of hip hop as well. Okay, all right. Um, so maybe we could talk a little bit more about those then. Um, break dancing. What's the what's the significance of that? Break dancing. Uh, it started. So it started when dancers would kind of take the drum breaks in when the DJ would be mixing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would take the drum breaks and other instrument breaks as it as it went along. But it started with drum breaks, and they would take that, and then they would they would go to town on it. And they would they, there's top rock, there's bottom rock, there are freezes, power moves, a uh, bunch of different moves and the combinations of that. And it gets super athletic and super creative. Uh, and just like I stated earlier, hip hop is 100% open to the imagination. There are no rules, absolutely no rules. Um, there are respect rules, 100%. And that's where um, like the ciphers come in. Like, <laughs> Don't touch anybody in a cipher unless, like, they're your homie or they're your friend or yeah. something like that. But you don't touch people. Don't come in um, before the other you person's don't. done, I assume, right? Uh, yeah, depending depending on the situation. <laughs> but, yeah, um, like, there's rules to ciphers. Like, there's unspoken rules that aren't, like, posted anywhere. There's unspoken <laughs> rules. You don't have a pamphlet. You give uh, right, like no. That. You don't just hand out, like, brochures. This is how we do this. No, it just happens. Um, there's just a known respect for the art and everything that comes with it. Um, there's an action. There's a the respect that comes with it in every element of hip-hop. Um, MCing is the same way. So when you when you see the MC cy- uh, ciphers, if you could Google MC ciphers, 
cipher or rap cipher or hip hop cipher or anything like that and and you'll get to see like every artist respects the other artist's voice no matter what mm-hmm. um, even no matter even if especially in like the battles you get to finish you'll you'll finish your set before the other bat- yeah so it's it's just yeah. it's just it's just a culture that just makes you want to be yourself. But in order to, you know, part of that respect, uh, I imagine, is is knowing who you are, right? Mm-hmm. Like, to be deserving of respect, you have to respect yourself, yes. too. Otherwise, no one's oh, going yeah. no to give it to you. Uh, yep. Just if, if you're, yeah. So, so cool. Um, Graffiti is interesting to me because I think, the perception, so the perception of breakdancing. Well, I think everyone knows breakdancing. If I asked my mom what breakdancing is, she would know what it mm-hmm. is, right? Um, and have some respect for it. You know, it's very athletic. It's it's um, mm-hmm. you know fun to watch. It's challenging. Uh, graffiti has, I would think, a negative public perception as um, you know something that's vandalism, right? I, uh, and in a lot of again, if I ask my mom what she thinks graffiti is, it's always people spray painting buildings. So, um, so what's the what's the why is that not the right perception of it? What's that what's that value there? And um, so let me go back to what I said. Uh, why the hip hop culture was necessary at the time. So as I said, there was a. Um, this, there was a need for expression, an absolute need for expression. There was an absolute need for communication. There was a lot of, of violence going on in, in the Bronx at the time, and uh, police brutality, uh, stores, homes being set on fire, uh, you know, complete neighborhoods being neglected. It was absolutely horrible. Poverty levels, everything, and um, fighting. Every, it, just, yeah. it, was, it was a horrible situation, and there was just... Uh, what time period? 70s-ish. Seventies-ish, and uh, so to have that voice and a way to communicate to each other, to to other locations, to to even the world, letting you know what's actually happening, and and um, and letting you know that this is this is what's happening. But at the same time, this is the culture that we have here. Like from a positive aspect, like we have the P- Puerto Rican and, and African American. We have all these this this mix of of absolute amazing voices and and talents and and everything so it's just all this expression and and i have something to say and i have this creative way to say this message and this creative way of unifying massive amounts of people and uh with that is the graffiti and part of the graffiti is uh i mean it started with tagging and and just to make sure that I'm very clear on this as well. <laughs> With any th- amazing positive thing, there will always be a negative as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so there will be a disrespectful level somewhere. There's always going to be a counter. There, there's always got to be a polar um, situation. Um, there's a word that I'm thinking of, but I can't think of it. It's just the opposite. A, there always has to be. Or, yeah, yeah, so there, there's always going to be... Light in the dark. and Yeah, yep. so... Uh, um, with graffiti, uh, it's 100% an art expression, individual uh, statement, this gorgeous expression of an individual's mind, uh, putting it where the entire public can see. Um, so, yeah, there are, I mean, of course, there's there's tagging that has gone on that... <sighs> It's um it's controversial, so I don't like to like 
mm, say too much. Uh, but I mean, there's there's tagging on buildings that is it is 100% disrespectful sometimes because. Uh, that is somebody's, it could be somebody's sacred space. It could be some, um, I mean, there's a couple tags around Bloomington even that are just unnecessary. Uh, mm-hmm. Like nobody even knows what it is. So it kind of defeats the purpose. Well, and it's also not just someone grabbing a can of spray paint and going and spray painting their Real name. Real graffiti, no. Right. I mean, Real graffiti, no. So that's, I think the terms get inflated, sorry, the terms get conflated, I think, where, if you've got, like, let's say some public art, like you've got a public mural, and then someone comes out and just writes, you know, Steve on top of it with spray yeah. paint. That's right. not a graffiti, right? Steve was here, yeah. That's just... That's Which just is funny, diff- because there's a graffiti artist in town named Steve. Steve, well, hopefully he doesn't do that. <laughs> no, he's a tattoo uh, artist. He's that's, phenomenal. <laughs> um, that's, that's defacing something, right? That's destructive. Right. That's not building anything right. up. There's definitely a balance. Um, so, yeah, that's... Um, there was there's an underpass that's over underneath Washington Street. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I thought it was a very interesting reaction when they put that in because um, my parents live in the the neighborhood over by David Davis Mansion, mm-hmm. and they said that their neighbors were like, "That's really nice. I'm glad they did that." Basically, it's too bad that someone's going to deface it soon. And to my knowledge, it. It hasn't been yet. I hope not. I haven't it's been good. there for a while. They're actually about to do the other side this summer. Cool. They need to do more of that. If all downtown looked exactly like that underpass. We're I'm working just, on it. He's totally thrilled. We're working on it. That'd be great. Um, but yeah, that's that direction was so interesting to me. That sort of just like resignation of like, oh, well, it's a beautiful thing, but someone's going to break it. I, I, I hope not. I hope we're better than that. Yeah. Um, so uh, let's see. What else here? Um well, I'm seeing that kind of gets to the the rap star thing. Mm, the microphone, right? microphone and the voice. Yeah. So, how is what you're teaching not what you see on um, on TV mm. from hip hop artists? So it goes back to their core training of what is hip hop. It is a culture, isn't it? You are representing an entire culture. That's no different from when we teach uh, Indian dance. So we have two phenomenal Indian instructors, uh, Pabitra and Meghna. And when they go on stage, when our students go on stage representing that culture, we they know you are representing an entire country right now. Mm-hmm. You need to understand that 100%. That means that you go on there looking like that the way that they would look when they're on stage um, with your personality added to it. So when you're doing Bangda and, and Bollywood, that's fun. That's that's high energy. It smiles. You don't get to go out there and not go full out. That's not an option kind of thing. So you are representing a whole culture. If you say that you do hip hop or you are a hip hop artist, you have an entire history behind you, an entire history that is that you are you are continuing so you better be very careful if you're going to say that you teach hip-hop or you are in hip-hop. You need to make sure that you are teaching your students par- pieces of that culture, mm-hmm. um, that they have a responsibility to that. And um, with seeing it's no different. Uh, do you actually have a message? Are you uplifting the world around you? Um, hip hop was not ever intended to to downgrade or or dis or di- or harm. Uh, it was like I said, it was there for expression and for it, it could express anger, it could express this and this, but there was always a balance. Uh, there was always a balance, and 
there technically is a balance now. Um, there's a whole generation rising up mm-hmm. right now of new artists, and uh, we do have people like Kendrick and Nas and uh, lots, just so many. Uh, yeah, so many to even mention. Well, it's, it's great with new media not having to go through a big um, music company all the time, right? You don't. You can be somebody who is an independent artist who right. just lives and speaks you know, that, that culture and speaks your truth. And you got a lot of venues where people can actually hear you. Oh yeah. Don't have to be beholden to somebody who's going to, you know, you you need to sell a million records. Otherwise we're not going to sign you or something like that. Oh yeah. They're really snakish. They're really snakish. But, um, yeah. Artists like, uh, I'd have to, um, D son, D son from Chicago, D apostrophe S O N Uh and, um, seven, six super, who our kids just or our students just did a music video with him uh, in the fall that we're actually releasing this Saturday at our event. That's oh, cool. who called. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> phenomenal artists with actual messages and are doing real work in their communities. Yeah. Uh, I know Decent works a lot with the youth in Chicago. Seven Six Who has mentored our children, our students, um, has put them in the recording booth, the actual booth with them, and to uh, work on a track. Cool. So. So yeah, I know you. You said you had a big event coming up on Saturday. Yes. Tell us about what's going on with that. So our annual fundraiser event is called Mix Fuse Evolve, and it's Fuse with A Z okay. on purpose. <laughs> and it's our so this is our fourth annual one. Uh, the premise behind Mix Fuse Evolve is to mix together as many walks of life as possible, as many different mindsets, uh, types of people, cultures, this and that, and then to fuse together conversations, ideas, beliefs, and this is how we are going to evolve, period. And so as BCAI, we have a responsibility to be that platform, to be able to do stuff like that. And so the first couple of years, we focused on multiple cultures, um, and Mixed Fears Evolve always has three different elements, one of them being culinary, uh, the other being uh, hands-on, tactile arts, crafts from different cultures that you can learn how to make and then learning the purpose behind them and then, then having a, an, excuse me, appreciation for that culture. Uh, and then the stage art, so performances, uh, speeches, things that need to be said. Um, and last year we started the – we implemented the uh, issue-solution Element. So BCAI never does anything without a purpose, and um, that makes our fundraising event no different. So yes, we can be celebrating the different cultures, but I also wanted to to do a more purposeful and mixed fuse evolve last year, where we actually. Um, target very specific cultures that are being targeted for specific things. And so last year we tar- we did um, Indian, actually like India, Indian and Latin cultures uh, so that we could shed light on the immigration issue and the visa situation. Uh, so we brought in Jen um, Carrillo and we had different representatives from the Indian community that ended up not being able to make it, but gave me the things to say. And we went live and made sure everybody saw and heard exactly what is going on, how this actually affects our economy, how this affects you even though you are not even part of these communities, uh, how it affects our, our workforce. And our, like a, it's just so many different elements that we never even thought of. Um, so we want that's so that's what makes Fuse Evolve we wanted it to be. And so this year, 
we focused on indigenous, everything indigenous as much as we could. Um, and so this is all the native tribes and indigenous uh, peoples that were from this area and uh, tribes that called this land home, period. And so we partnered with the Museum of History here in town and the Normal Theater, and we put on an entire um, series. And so the Normal Theater put on uh, More Than a Word documentary, uh, which is about the mascot uh, situation, which uh, is very important, very, very important, uh, things that we don't even think about that we are just being absolutely disrespectful about. And then there's the uh, Rumble documentary, which was, oh my, so good. And that is basically the indigenous um, uh, influence on music as we know it, period. Uh, so lots of different influences. Uh, and we, so with this event, we wanted to make it as authentic as possible, bring uh, a lot of things to light because how many tribes can you name? How many issues do you know that are going on? Did you, I mean, do you, did you know that they are actually the most targeted group um, for police brutality and have the highest rate of women that are disappearing and are sexually assaulted? And uh, the list goes on. Um, things that we don't know are happening because this country has done a phenomenal job of erasing them. Of, but they ha but. That's an illusion, 100%. Mm -hmm. And that's why our event is called Epic Resilience. We are still here. Um, and that goes into not only talking about um, the Native cultures and the people that are still here, 100%. They're very still president, president, present, and they are rising up 100% as they should. Uh, they have some, there's something called the uh, seventh generation uh, prophecy where they, the seventh generation, this new generation of youth are really, really coming out. Like it's, it, they're basically coming back to, to unite and to, to, to bring, to bring basic uh, light and justice to, to tribes as they deserve it. Um, so how's the event going to highlight these things? So, different elements. I mean, the celebratory part is obviously the culinary dishes, um, and then we have the hands-on crafts. Um, some from the museum, some from uh, salsa from salsa. The salsa group from uh, Illinois Wesleyan is coming to do the Mexican uh, and the different Latina Latino. Um, crafts and then we will have the stage performances from BCAI um, but we'll also have a lot of like the, the music that you'll be hearing uh, is very uh, uh, there's some of some of it is, is tribal some of it's the drums some of it's uh, newer school uh, hip hop from different native indigenous hip hop artists and that are all filled with messages filled mm -hmm. with communication uh, things that we need to hear uh, we will be having uh, slideshows up constantly of uh, people that have contributed to this area, people that used to live here, people that now, so it'll be contemporary, very much today stuff, um, because that's the problem, is that our history books, our schools, everything wants to teach us that they don't, they're no longer, they don't hear, you don't need to think about them, they're on some reservations, and they don't, they and don't matter. And also tells them that they just need to conform to the mainstream society in order to be accepted, right? Of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so where is this going to be at? This is at the Lafayette Club, um, South Bloomington, South Maine. Uh, and it is this Saturday from 3 to 6. Okay. Uh, tickets are $10 to get in, $10 for your meal ticket. Mm -hmm. uh, there is obviously a sign-on auction with different um, 
themed baskets. Uh, so like a cultural indigenous basket. There's uh, empowered women basket, which is all the women, uh, not all the women owned businesses in town, but a lot of women owned businesses in town. And uh, there's a resilience basket um, for with stuff from the workout company and yoga, pumps together yoga and um like a heating, a very specific woman's heating pad for things. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, just different different things. It's going to be phenomenal. Okay. Well, I'll make sure in the show notes here to put more information yes. about that in there uh, so that people can go and check that out and support the cause. You said this is your major fundraiser for the Yes, year. it's it's very, very important. It's for our scholarships and student opportunities. So yeah. since we are a nonprofit, um, we do rely on donations and the dues that come in for um, sustaining, and especially our scholarships, because yeah. we are available to everyone. That's very interesting to me. I, I definitely thought that... Um, what, what I knew of your organization, I knew that it was African-American focused, but I didn't. I it is didn't, not. Yeah, I, I didn't know that it, it was, definitely it was not. broader than that. So that's very good to get that message out that it's about all I've cultures coming that. together. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I mean, when I hear hip hop, I think. Okay. Of, yeah. I think of, you know, mm-hmm. black black beings. Yes, there you go. <laughs> that sounds weird. That sounds um There you go. But yeah, that's so I'm really glad that um I was able to learn more about that. Yes. Uh, Cuz that's really what America is, right? The you said like mixed views evolve. Like that's what we're all trying to do here is bring together these all these cultures and right. try to find how we all like what's that common humanity in us, right? Mm-hmm. And then how are the places where we're different? How do they, how can we celebrate those? And, um, and then also like learn from each other and grow into something else that's new. And uh, you, it seems like we're taking some steps back, steps back as a nation in recent years in that regard of not seeing that that's a strength of ours. I actually have to stop you because, um, that's what they want you to think. However, if you are on the street, if you are in the yeah. streets, um, you see the uprisings that are going on. So the ignorance that's happening in the White House, we don't even care about because the what's happening is it has forced unity. It has forced alliances. It has forced cultures to work together. It has forced uh, different sets to work together that they never had before. Um, it has forced people to come out and say, oh, no, no more. This is absolutely stupid. Yeah. Um, so you, you're seeing more youth. Um, Not in our schools is doing a phenomenal job of 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 what they're doing with them inside the schools. Um, and they're not the only group. There's multiple groups in town. Um, I think there's a youth another youth social justice group it's it's unbelievable it well it's not unbelievable it's completely believable because we are filled it's i'm i'm completely in awe of everything that's happening right now yeah well and that's what's so cool about local organizing right and local um groups and uh, initiatives like organizations like yours and one of the reasons why i want to do this podcast is because you don't hear about the people working day in and day out to make things better and do big things in Bloomington, right? You just hear the conflict. If it's local, it's usually the conflict. If you see anything in the news, and so you know, occasionally there's some coverage of it, but it's pretty much focused on where people disagree with each other all the way from local up to national. And there's so many people being so generous with their, their time and their energy and just pouring their life into things to help improve situations, like for each individual person, right? Right. It's it's very cool to see. 
Um, I had one last question, um, and then we probably need to wrap because I think they're closing down here in a little bit. Um, I wondered if you, as uh, as a white woman, ever felt like there was, um, like if you're trying to bring people together in part of minority cultures, but you yourself don't have that ethnic background, like has that ever been a barrier for you at all, or um, do you not see things in that way? I'm sorry if that's an insensitive question. <laughs> It's not an insensitive <laughs> question. It's a very deep answer. Um, 100%. Um, I battle... I have to battle this every single day uh, because of the teachers I listen to, the street teachers I listen to on, on YouTube, like Red Pill, Blue Pill, uh, Brother Rich. There's just different... Um, it's It definitely hits me all the time. Uh in these these thoughts like you have absolutely no right to be doing this and you what 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 can you really offer this um to and then quote unquote you have, you have nothing to offer our black babies and I, <laughs> it requires it requires an amazing um network of people that believe in you to constantly remind you that it's not about that um, at all. And parents of color that constantly have your back and say, I have seen this this magical thing that, that you've unlocked within my child or helped my child unlock. And I, I watch what you do every single day and the sacrifices that you make every single day, the hours you work and you put in, and it, and they get it. Um, there's always going to be that, that, that group that that's not a fan. And I'm fully, fully fully aware of that um I don't I don't parade myself around I actually prefer to stay in the background um I don't parade myself around as a as a savior or as a um I can I'm gonna fix all the problems it's that's not what I'm here for um I'm here to platform build I guess uh that's what I'm here for I I'm here to build the platform and to um one of my superpowers is to connect and to communicate. And um, in order to f- actually fully communicate, I think the word communicate gets thrown away, thrown around so much that it's become so cliche. And in order to communicate properly, there has to be the giving and the receiving. So somebody actually has to be listening. And by listening, that means they're taking in the information in. Otherwise, you didn't fully, you didn't actually communicate it. Um, and in order to have someone want to listen, you actually have to connect to something inside of them that makes them want to listen. Mm-hmm. And that that is one of my superpowers. Um, it doesn't happen in all cases because sometimes I have a block, and just like everybody else. And I'm reading this book right now called The Seed of the Soul, and uh, it's pretty phenomenal. And so anyone that knows anything about me knows that it's my conversations don't usually aren't usually really surfacey. Uh, they'll always end up in some either metaphysical or quantum physical uh, conversation. Uh, period. That's just how it ends up. Um, so with that being said, I had to precursor this. What I'm about to say, uh, I 100 percent. Uh, believe and know about reincarnation uh, and that the soul does incarnate in order to heal 
uh, in certain places and to gain um, and absorb as much information as possible in as many different facets as possible. And for me to purposely incarnate as this woman who is uh, Croatian and Italian and French-Canadian and German as Angelique Rachki, uh as the book states, when you incarnate as a specific race, you are here to evolve that race forward. And so with that knowledge and understanding of what I am here to do and my constant audacity to uh, have the stubbornness that I have in the work that I do and the way that I protect it, uh, I am definitely here for more. I constantly am challenging uh, people to question everything, question the things that they've believed in, the programming that they've been part of, uh, challenging my students to think beyond the things that they've been taught. And then everyone around me, every conversation I get into, it just seems to elevate uh, and cause questioning, which then leads to the evolving. I'm fully aware of this. I'm fully aware of, of, of what is thought and what, um, and what I have to counter. Um, but I am, I'm more at peace knowing that I am here on purpose to do this, to be able to create this platform, not to save anyone, but to give that safe space that people can come and save themselves because they didn't realize that they could. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I'm not here for anything more than that. Um, but I think from your, your story that you were, you know, told about when we first started talking here, um, you know, you, you had certain types of you had certain types of privilege, but certain types of things you were not privileged in, right? Right. Everyone's got a combination of different factors in their life and different experiences that they bring forward. And um, you know, I I don't I don't share your belief in reincarnation, but what I can relate to in that is like there is something that is um, that is human about all of us, and it expresses in different ways, and we put varying levels of importance on them um, for. If you go back to 150 years ago, German Americans like me were considered second-class citizens. Like, but now if you say to someone like, "Oh, I just just hired someone, but he's a German," I'd be like, "Who? Like, okay. <laughs> he's a German guy over there." You know, we don't see that as being like a distinguishing like right. cultural feature of people. Right. Um, it shifts over time, and um, the fact that you're focused on that that thing that unifies us, right? That I could be, I have been and could be somebody different. And how do we relate on that level instead of being focused on like a difference, but then at the same time, still being respectful and celebrating those differences, right? Not everyone doesn't have to be the same, but we, in some ways we are the same. In some ways we are different. Um, I don't know. I guess it's something that's very important to me. I, I grew up in, in Europe, in uh, international school, um, we had 13 different nationalities in the 55 kids in my graduating class, and I came to America to live for the first time when I was 18. And so, if you when people just look at me and say, "Oh, well, you're just a white guy," I'm like, "Well, I I have some differences in my background that you could 
you could learn about, you know, with that give me a unique perspective. But everyone does, right? You can't just look at someone and see everything you need to know about them. Um, so I, I'm glad that you are still, like, you know, being aware and sensitive to that, but that you keep doing what you're doing because I'd, I'd hate to see you not do it. Just because I have of something to. Like that. And, and, any any time that I feel even even a fraction even like the point zero 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 one percent of maybe I should just give this to someone else which that thought never lasts but um, because I'm very fiercely protective over this vision and what and what it's doing um, every single time I go to class or or teach or practice or performance and I. And they walk up to me and give me this extremely thoughtful gift that's never, it's never just a gift. It's always super thoughtful. It's like a drawing of a sloth, which is my favorite animal. <laughs> and they... I wouldn't have guessed that. I uh, absolutely love sloths. Um, but they, like, it's super thought of, um, or they just ran, some of them will not come in and start dancing before they hug me. Like, they will always hug me. How are you? How was your day? Just their faces and then watching them while they dance, watching them progress, watching their their attitudes change and their their passions develop and their or not even develop but awaken and their 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 sparks become stronger and stronger and watching them interact with people for the first time and watching their their glow become brighter is it makes everything everything worth it every single second yeah well the heater just came on in here and i think it got about 10 degrees hotter i think they're trying to tell us that they're closing down (laughs) telling us to leave um so uh just quick before we go um can you tell uh tell me tell everyone who's listening where they can find more information out about um bcai yes it is bcaiarts.org and that's A-R-T-S. Okay. And then we are, of course, on social media. Um, Instagram, our Instagram account is amazing. Uh, <laughs> but that is B-C-A-I underscore arts. And then, okay. of course, we're on Facebook and YouTube and Twitter and Snapchat. Okay. All the things. Um, and then you can, if you are more of an email person, it's breakingchains116 at Gmail. Okay. And yeah. And I I will put all those, I'll put all that information in the show notes here for those listening. So you'll be able to scroll down and check that out. Um, Well, Angelique, I really enjoyed talking to you. It was very fun and uh, inspiring to hear what you had to say. So thanks for taking the time to do this and I hope you have a great event on Saturday. I will be out of town. So you really made me want to come. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I'm out of town for a wedding though. Um, so hopefully other people show up and then, um, yeah, just, just keep doing what you're doing. I will also put one more, uh, request out there Sure. for anyone who is listening. Uh, if you are, so I also have an expanded part of the vision that I is not public yet. Um, but if there are is anybody that is passionate about um, having a multi-use arts campus in town, uh, there are plans in order, and we need uh, numbers people, and we need uh, um, more minds at the table. Um, okay. We have significant amount at the table, but 
All right. Anybody who's been looking for a project like that or just had to put it out okay. there. A multi-use arts campus. Yes. And remember that my definition of art is very, very broad, very, very broad. Yeah. It's okay. everything that requires cool. the imagination. So, all right. Well, uh, before we wrap, we do, I do need to thank our sponsors. Uh, go and check out Little Beaver Brewery. They're down by the, the Gold's Gym. They have a great sampling of eight of ten beers that they rotate out regularly. And also thank you to Play Normal Esports and Normal Gadgets for letting us hang out here and uh, stay a bit later here after closing for them. Bring your kids in for a fun, safe environment where they can do video gaming. And we are done. Well, uh, before we wrap, we do. I do need to thank our sponsors, uh, Little Beaver Brewery. It feels really awkward to transition to this right now. Uh, but, you know, they they give us money, so we got to thank you. There will be alcohol at our event, so it's okay. Okay, You're limited cool. to two drinks, but okay, All right. just because it's a kid's event. Well, if uh, if alcohol is your kind of thing, go and check out Little Beaver Brewery. They're down by the, the Gold's Gym.